we are <laughs> for our big Oscars wrap-up, I guess. And maybe some other things. We'll see. Yeah. But... I feel like there's one clear moment that has overshadowed the entire night of the Oscars. I agree. It's probably the same <laughs> moment that we're thinking of when a certain very famous someone stormed the stage unexpectedly and interrupted what was happening on stage. Yeah. Yep. DJ Khaled at the very beginning whenever he interrupted yep. Amy Schumer, yep. Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall. Hold up, hold up, uh-huh. hold up. Yeah. That's the one. DJ Khaled. <laughs> uh. Uh, no, obviously we're talking about Will Smith. Right. Obviously. It's all anyone's talking about. Didn't you tell me earlier today the clip on YouTube had over 40 million views already? So yeah, um, we're recording this on Monday, the day after the Oscars, for everyone who's listening. I'm guessing still by Thursday it has not become a long-distant memory that everyone has forgotten about once this episode (laughs) comes out. But yeah, I watched the uncensored video this morning um, from The Guardian because... ABC censored most of the incident because Will Smith was using profanity. Cussing. Yes. Naughty, naughty. And, uh, it, but it aired, you know, as it happened in other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. So um, The Guardian being in the UK had the uncensored video and they posted it on YouTube. And within 13 hours of the posting, it had 40 million views already. I wonder what it's at now. I kind of want to check. I don't know, because that was this morning, I think, or early afternoon when I found that. So this is a few hours later. Um, it's already gotten 55 million more views. <sighs> More so, of you? So 50, 95 million? Sorry, it's at 55 Oh, million. okay. <laughs> so it's gotten 15 more million. Okay. But it will hit, it will probably hit 90 million by Thursday. I would oh, guess. I'm sure. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah. Crazy. So do you want to just break down the moment before we give our thoughts on it? Because I feel like I want to just get it out of the way so we can talk about some of the other stuff. Is that okay yeah, with you? Yeah, that is totally fine with me. So... Have, did you watch the whole ceremony or parts of it or any of it? I, I skipped around. I was able to watch, like, I don't know, 45 minutes of it, but I, like, didn't watch it in a linear fashion. Mm. So I watched the opening, I watched the In Memoriam, a few awards, and then I watched basically from Wanda Sykes and, is it Regina Hall? Mm-hmm. Regina Hall introducing Chris Rock. So I feel like I watched the whole thing and I watched the unedited version as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so up until that point where the slap happened, the slapping, <laughs> it was a like a a nice show, I would say, but it wasn't anything yeah, like kind of. groundbreaking. <laughs> like it was not this rejuvenation that I think the Academy had been hoping for that would, you know, mm-hmm. really get people interested in watching the Oscars again. And then the slap heard around the world just changed <laughs> everything. And once again, the Oscars finally became relevant. I know, right? This is this is what they needed. It, it is. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, of course, the Academy released a statement afterward, after the ceremony, saying we 
you know, condemn what happened, or I don't remember exactly the language that they, that they use, but, you know, we do not support violence of any kind, whatever. Yeah, of course you don't. Like, no one wants someone to get up and slap someone across the face, except you kinda do, because this right. is the kind of thing that you could not plan, you could not script and have it have the same effect, you know? And, like, right. they were looking for a big way to capture attention and get people interested again to solve their problem of not just the flagging ratings that have been in decline for a while now, but also the problem of getting people excited about movies again and proving that they have a place in today's media landscape and that they're still relevant in some way. And an unprovoked, well, not completely unprovoked, but unwarranted (laughs) slap (laughs) by one of Hollywood's biggest stars to another of Hollywood's biggest stars and, you know, because of an offhanded G.I. Jane 2 joke. Like, that's the way you do it. So, basically, what happens is the two, two of the three hosts announce Chris Rock. He comes up, says a couple jokes, makes a joke about G.I. Jane, referencing Will Smith's wife, who, if you didn't know it, you would think she shaved her head as a fashion choice because Mm -hmm. she is still gorgeous. Yes. And it looks looks perfectly fine if she had never addressed the fact that she had alopecia no one would have known Mm -hmm. so anyway i just wanted to say that because i think i watched like a video of her today talking about her illness and i just wanted to be like shut the fuck up (laughs) like just like stop because they're like you are still drop dead gorgeous the way you are Mm -hmm. and like i don't think with your money and access you are having the same journey with the disease as other people Mm -hmm. but all of that aside he makes an offhand joke will smith laughs Uh uh-huh he is clearly chuckling at least (laughs) at the joke whenever they cut to him jada rolls her eyes like clearly does not like the joke yes and then we don't see what like interaction will and jada have in that moment but like we assume we're all just moving on and then two seconds later he strides up to the stage and i at first thought it was a punch but i've heard it called a bitch slap Mm -hmm. it was a flat-handed slap like you can see if you look at the still (laughs) photograph it is a flat hand (laughs) and you hear it hit the mic of or some mic there's like a mic sound of like it being hit a Mm -hmm. little bit like that muffled kind of sound and then he goes back to his seat chris rock is shaken and when i was watching it the first time i thought this was staged Mm -hmm. but then will smith screaming at him from the seats you know get my wife's name out your mouth or you know profanity profanity Mm -hmm. that made me think no, maybe this is real. But then again, he does win an award later in the night for acting. <laughs> so it I like it is possible it's not real, but he is angry. Like you can see his eyes are filled. Like they're wide open and like filled like I don't want to say with tears, but they're glassy kind of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So and then Chris Rock honestly does a pretty good job of like getting things back on track. I think like a lot of other people would have been more rattled by this, but he he's just like, wow, greatest night in television or something like 
along <laughs> the lines of that. And he stumbles a bit. Like, you can see how shaken he is because he does say, you know, he's trying to introduce documentary film and he's, like, saying the words out of order and then he's just like, let's just cut to the nominees. But I thought he did an okay job of reacting to it. But do you think it was real? I think it was because like Will Smith in his speech apologized to the Academy, apologized to all of his fellow nominees and like the whole six minute long speech, uh, which, you know, note the Academy did not try to cut him off at all. Um, but <laughs> Who knows what he would have done. <laughs> right. But like in that speech, the bulk of it was basically him trying to defend himself for what he just did and explain why he needed to do it and draw parallels between the character that he played and what he is experiencing in that moment. So, like, I don't think that Will Smith is stupid enough to set himself up for that by agreeing, right. you know, to be a part of some sketch that happened to go awry. You know, it, it does not strike me as something that could have possibly been planned. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like I said, the first time I watched, I, I did question it at the beginning. But once I saw mm -hmm. him in his seat, like, and I, I think it's Lupita Nyong'o is behind him. Mm -hmm. And like, her face is just like, perfect. Like, what is happening? Like, kind <laughs> of afraid almost. So it's definitely interesting. And like you said, maybe what they needed, but it weirdly reminded me of this is a weird maybe connection to make but I feel like this is the kind of moment that is going to be replayed and replayed and referenced going forward in the same way that the Kanye West George Bush doesn't care about black people comment will <laughs> and like that that's I guess that's just really the only thing in my mind that I can find to compare it to because you don't other than maybe on local news channels don't see like live TV going off the rails like that very often, not to like this level. What about the Kanye getting up drunk at the VMAs and interrupting Taylor Swift? <laughs> I mean, and that's, I guess, to your point, that is another moment that is not forgotten, I don't mm -hmm. think. And also just to by the same person, which is... <laughs> funny and interesting too that he was uninvited from the Grammys because of his recent behavior online so mm -hmm. maybe a good call yeah could be but yeah I think you're right that's it's not a moment that's going to go away like it's mm -mm. it it is an unfortunate stain probably now on Will Smith for who knows how long I think we're probably gonna see some at least one, like, apology interview, you know, uh, and yeah. I, some dissection of this whole incident for a while. I saw earlier that the Academy is going to do a review of it, whatever that means. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what that will change. I don't think they're going to strip his Oscar from him or anything, but... I don't know how you really could. No. Doesn't Roman Polanski have an Oscar? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and Chris Rock said, at least for now, that he is not planning to press charges. I can't imagine that he ever would, but, you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of all of this over time. It, it does, it like, to me, in that moment, it felt like, like you said, like it could have been a staged bit, but as you noticed the shift in energy for yeah. the rest of the night, I was like, this is a memorable moment. Like, this is going to 
you know, last yeah. for a while. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. I would say, like, it's easily the biggest award show moment that we have seen since probably the Oscars a few years ago when La La Land was mistakenly named uh-huh. Best Picture winner <laughs> over yes. uh, Moonlight. That was what that, you know... The reaction to that has kind of, you know, been called to mind for me. But yeah, very different kind of uh, Oscar (laughs) moment, but one that I think will go down in history. I guess the other big thing that was notable to me about this ceremony is that this is the first year that there were a ton of categories cut from the telecast. Mm -hmm. So I wrote them down. They still handed out awards they just didn't air it it was film editing sound makeup and hair awards the score production design and all three of the short films were not included so it should be noted they were aired they were just like handed out in a ceremony an hour before the televised um, ceremony and then edited into the broadcast in a usually very clunky fashion that did not like that was it was designed to make it feel like it was happening live but it was clear that it was not based on the way that it was edited and it didn't seem like it saved any time from the broadcast at all which was apparently supposed to be the point but like the ceremony still ran for three hours and 40 minutes and like it they would have just been better off allowing each award to be handed out (laughs) during this ceremony i think they would have caused less of a kerfuffle among the people who understandably upset that their awards were not going to be given the attention that they deserved. It's especially just interesting to me that a few months ago, there was the huge strike happening Mm, in mm -hmm. Hollywood. Or the, I guess they didn't strike, but there were talks of striking. And it was like all of these categories that were cut were like people that were maybe affected by that. I at least know that sound people, production design people, and makeup and hair people were all sort of included in those talks. So it mm-hmm. like it feels like a maybe continuing trend of like us just valuing not us, I shouldn't say us, mm-hmm. but like of Hollywood like elites valuing those people less. Mm-hmm. And I hate it cuz th- those people like work so hard a movie is not just its stars and its director and its writer it's like Mm -hmm. teams and scores of people who go into it and especially i feel like in recent years we've seen especially with hair and makeup like a lot of films and tv that are so shaped by that Mm -hmm. and so for those people to just be put on a lower pedestal than everyone else it just it feels stupid and i don't want to rant too long about this but like i feel like the academy and like maybe other awards shows too have this like idea that they know what the american public wants to see and Mm -hmm. they know how to save themselves but they don't like i think people want less of the like stupid onstage banter (laughs) stupid onstage banter but also like the hollywood elite trying to talk down to them about like current events Like, I feel like that is so off-putting to people to see, you know, Jessica Chastain or, like, someone like that get up there and be like, let's say gay in Florida. It's like, I get you have the platform and it's important to have the message, but you are alienating, like, people watching it because it just doesn't feel like it's relatable. Like, it doesn't feel like 
they're on the same level as me as a viewer. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's more of that and less of like including these categories that mm-hmm. is putting people off to the ceremony. I agree. I think like the Academy thought that the American public doesn't want to see, you know, a whole you know, listing of nominees and acceptance speech for sound categories, for makeup and hairstyling, for, you know, live action short film. But it's not that those things aren't important, and it's not that people watching them mind if they are watching them. It's that, like, there's so much other space taken up by things that are not like important to the average viewer you know if someone is tuning in to watch the oscars and find out who wins the awards then i don't think that they're going to be turned off by the fact that there are some awards that they might care less about than they would be by a long sketch of wanda sykes taking a tour of the academy motion picture museum right which was very self-promotional in my opinion (laughs) like hey everyone come see this great big new museum that we have and spent 460 million dollars on or something like that like yes it's a cool museum if i'm ever in la i'm gonna go but like why did i need to watch this 10 minute bit about that i did not like i would have much rather seen the whole acceptance speech by what's his name that did the special effects for dune (laughs) i always love watching the in memoriam section of the show like it's always one of my favorite parts to watch i thought this year's was one of the best i've ever seen like the Mm -hmm. live choir was so good and it had a really great energy to it but it's funny to me that we're watching that and seeing this in memoriam for producers for talent people for like all of these behind the scenes people that we're now like not showcasing on this program like shouldn't that in itself like be a lesson to you about like we should be honoring these people Mm -hmm. because I I don't know it felt like there was a disconnect for me yeah I also thought it was a very interesting choice to just show a on-screen graphic addressing the situation in Ukraine oh I missed that yeah so Mila Kunis who was born in Ukraine came out and introduced a Reba McIntyre performance of one of the nominated songs and at the end they just put up this screen I don't remember exactly what it said but it was something along the lines of you know while we love to celebrate the movies and all of that the reality is that there are millions of people in Ukraine who are you know struggling for freedom without food clean water you know whatever and then the bottom is you know the help support Ukraine however you can whatever hashtag stand with Ukraine and it's like phone it in a little bit more will you please (laughs) like come on like if this is the biggest stage in the world right now that's the way that you're going to address this humanitarian crisis that the world really is uniting in you know some pretty unexpected ways to both condemn the reason it's happening and to support the people that it's happening to and Like, I don't need to see Amy Schumer dropping from the ceiling in a Spider-Man costume, as funny as it can be, over someone actually making an impassioned plea and setting out clear steps that people watching can take to help. That feels slapped on to me. Yeah. Like, just, you know, that's so interesting. It was an afterthought. 
Um, so should we talk about some of the actual awards <laughs> that yeah, were won? I guess we haven't really addressed that too much. It's hard because I haven't seen any of the movies this year. I haven't seen a single one of them. The only one that I saw, I think only one, was Belfast, which oh, okay. I thought was great. I loved it. And it did win one for original screenplay, but across the board, it was like a pretty lackluster year for nominees. Dune was the biggest winner with six awards, mm-hmm. mostly like technical awards that were handed off, handed out off uh, <laughs> out of the live broadcast. Another big winner of the night was the film Coda, which is an mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus original film. Not made for Apple TV Plus, but they acquired it, I guess, as its exclusive right. streaming home. It won all three of the awards that it was nominated for, including Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor for Troy Kotzer, who became the first deaf man to win an acting award. And I think it was Best Adapted Screenplay, maybe? Or was it original? Did I get it backwards? No, it's adapted. Okay. So congrats to Coda. Also, it became the first streaming original film to win Best Picture, which I think is pretty dramatic for the Academy to embrace a streaming film because just a few years ago there was an argument of well is a movie that's on a streaming service really a movie or is it a TV movie and all of that kind of stuff and I don't know I'm interested to get your take on what the implications of this could mean for Hollywood. Well I mean I think it's just another step in like a long line of steps. I don't, I'm like not elegant, <laughs> eloquent at all today in what I'm saying. I just think it's, it's another step in the film movie world accepting streaming platforms. I think we've seen, especially with COVID, there's like now a lot of like dual premieres of movies premiering on a streaming site and in the theater or mm-hmm. only on a streaming site and not in the theater. So I feel like there's been more of a push to get movies to people through streaming platforms in a way that definitely wasn't there as much when streaming first came about. And I think it's probably the industry realizing this is the only way, like, we can still make movies going (laughs) forward. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to stay relevant somehow. People are not going to the theaters like they did in 1982, you know? Yeah, I do think it is just the natural progression of the industry. Like you said, people aren't going to the movies like they were in 1982. They aren't going to the movies like (laughs) they were in 2015, you know? Like, it's... We have... I think officially reached the end of the age where the theater is the primary place where people engage with movies. And that might be an unfortunate thing for studios that are always trying to, you know, fight for the biggest box office opening weekend and trying to get as much attention for their movies right out the gate as they did a couple of years ago. But that's just not going to be the standard anymore. It's, I think we're going to see films have a little bit of a longer play on streaming and you know studios are going to have to play the long game a little bit more so i think that awards like the oscars are still going to have relevance in some way because the awards can still boost the way that movies get attention for sure but i think that there could be some shifting away from this idea that a movie has to premiere in December, you know, or in the last couple months of the year and have this big nationwide launch right around Oscars time to get the most attention because it's not going away if it is a streaming original. Like, people can literally watch it any time that they find out about it. So I 
will be interested to see if studio thinking about, you know, premieres and about the importance of actually playing in theaters changes at all um, as we continue to navigate our way out of the pandemic, but also continue to navigate the streaming changes that the industry has gone through. I hope that long term it leads to more interesting content being recognized too. I feel Mm -hmm. like in my mind, if more movies are more accessible to people on more streaming platforms, we can really start to see different kinds of stories being told. And if they do have like a longer shelf time, you know, shelf life or whatever, and they can be recognized by like people within the industry, it can help to change trends in like the long term. I don't know if that even made any sense, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it does. I think that a movie like Coda may not have gotten as much attention from a traditional studio. Like Apple clearly put some big bucks into promoting it and making sure that people heard about it. And a smaller independent studio, you know, probably is where it would have ended up if Apple did not buy it. And it might not have gotten that same kind of attention and three Oscar wins without that. And it's a movie that is different, that stands out, and that deserves to be seen. I have not seen it myself, but I would like to, I'm sure, because, <laughs> you know, it is it is a unique story. Yeah. And, you know, showing the legitimacy of a film like that through an Oscar win, you, you see that it's worthwhile, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was also the first time... Well, the first ever back-to-back female director win, right? That is correct. Yes, Jane Campion won for The Power of the Dog, a Netflix original that was thought to be Coda's strongest competition for Best Picture. And Jane Campion was the was the first woman to be nominated twice for Best Director. Oh, wow. She was nominated in, I believe, 1991 or two for oh, The wow. Piano. So it was a oh, long time okay. ago. Yeah. <laughs> So good for her. Congratulations on becoming the third female winner of Best Director ever. Also, Ariana DeBose won for Best Supporting Actress for playing Anita in West Side Story. She is the first queer woman of color to win an acting Oscar and only the second Latina actress ever to win an acting Oscar. Wow. After the first one was Rita Moreno, who also won for playing the same role in the original West Side Story. It's been... There's never like, been another? There's never been another. Nope. That is crazy That is to crazy. Me. Yes. So they join a very small group of people who have won Oscars for playing the same character. But anyway, there's... <laughs> also, can we talk about Bruno? Bruno? Yeah. Um, most people don't talk about Bruno, but... I would like to talk about the performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno, which was not nominated, hmm. but featured in a surprise appearance by Megan the Stallion, who started yes! rapping during the We Don't Talk About Bruno performance. It was all just very confusing to me. I don't know <laughs> why it needed to happen, but it felt like one of those things that they could have cut. Yeah. I will say I appreciated, in terms of fashion that we, I felt like there were a lot of looks that were out of the box for the Oscars. I agree. And I appreciated that. I loved Zendaya's look. Mm-hmm. And that there were a lot, I feel like there were a lot of midriffs that I was seeing. Like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good Kristen year. Kristen Stewart also. Well, let's 
talk about Kristen Stewart. Okay. Did you not like hers? I hate everything that she wears, but there's a reason Mm. for that. Okay. She is under contract with Chanel. Oh. So she's been like a brand ambassador for them for years, and probably in her contract... She can only wear Chanel on red carpets and they yeah. essentially will give her like it feels like there are only ever two options. She's either in like short shorts or sh- short mini skirt and like a jacket of some kind or she's in like the same like long silhouette and that's like it. That's what she wears on, like, every red carpet. So I just felt like I had seen her wear this exact same thing before because she basically has. I mean, wearing hot pants on the Oscars red carpet, though, is... Is a big deal. A a different move, yes. But I, I thought she looked good, and I thought we did see some choices that were a little more adventurous for the Oscars red carpet and I think that might play in the Academy's favor. It doesn't feel as like stuffy and refined I guess if people are showing up in hot pants as opposed to (laughs) these giant princess dresses which there were Mm -hmm. some princess dresses I guess but there always will be. But then you also have Ariana DeBose winning in this beautiful pantsuit basically you know yes yeah i believe it was valentino this you know gorgeous red giant wrap thing and you know the huge wide leg pants and that was an oscars look to me as as atypical as it was that was elegant and refined still but so modern and cool definitely i wonder now that we are sort of back to the area where Red carpets can be a thing. And after, you know, coming out of this pandemic where casual became the new professional, if we'll see more of a shift from what was typically thought of as the Hollywood glamour into a a more relaxed or at least more boundary-pushing fashion sense going forward at award shows. I think we will. I know we've been talking for a long time, but I just, I see a lot of comparisons between like now and then like the late 90s early 2000s where Mm. I feel like red carpets then you saw like a lot of wacky boundary pushing stuff I mean on like more like down to earth red carpets you saw like so many like jeans with Mm. like dresses over top and I did see like some of the collections that just showed at the most recent fashion week had a very similar like feel to them of Mm -hmm. like layering something very long on top of like a trouser or like a jean so i feel like you are gonna see more of that kind of come into play and maybe never at the oscars are you gonna see denim although hunter schaefer was in something that looked like a printed denim anyway i didn't see her i digress (laughs) (laughs) But it was very ugly, um, Mm, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) This isn't a fashion podcast. I mean, (laughs) if you are watching the video today, (laughs) I am having a fashion moment, I would say. You are. Um, Because I went for a walk right before we did this recording, and I had a, like a, a beanie hat, you know, like a hat that was compressing my hair on because it's... Like, wind chill right now is like seven degrees in Pennsylvania today. Yeah, I know. And um, <laughs> so I took that hat off and my hair was out of control. So I decided that I was going to wear a hat because I didn't really have time to, like, do anything to it to look presentable on cam. So I put my houndstooth hat on backwards and put on a matching houndstooth shirt. And behind me, you can see 
um, the houndstooth long-sleeved polo mm-hmm. shirt that I got this week. So I'm having a real houndstooth moment, living my houndstooth fantasy, which is my favorite <laughs> way to live. Houndstooth realness! That's right. This is exactly what I would wear on the Oscars red carpet. Sweatpants and all. You would boots the house down. That's right, honey. Um, I am just sweating because my closet's so hot because it's going to be 85 and sunny every single day this week here. So if you want to come down and visit, you can. (laughs) I probably should. Well, guys, oh my God, listen to my voice. Oh, you sound like me on a good day. (laughs) (laughs) We do get mistaken a lot. Um... Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you liked what you heard, share this episode with a friend. Weigh in on our Instagram about what you thought about the Oscars and the iconic Will Smith slap moment. Follow us on TikTok at Televisionary Pod. I will one day post more frequently there, but we're doing <laughs> our best. That's all we can do, and I hope that's all you require of us. Uh, I've been Cody Hoffman. I've been Elena Hillard. And catch us next time. God bless. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye. Bye.